history. The Chicago Sky are WNBA champions. The Chicago Sky are the WNBA champions. What's up and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, use the promo code WMVP. Go to DraftKings.com. Look around. Hey, you can bet on the NBA. The regular season is right around the corner. The Major League Baseball playoffs, college football, mixed martial arts, boxing, whatever is something that uh, is on your mind regarding uh, sports, gambling, and the best bets, check it out. DraftKings.com. Use the promo code WMVP. I'm Jonathan Hood, here for the Another Hood Basketball Podcast, and the Chicago Sky are the WNBA champions. 
What a story. They were down 15 or 16 in this game against the Phoenix Mercury, the closeout game, the ability to win the WNBA championship, and they did it in front of the crowd at Wintrust Arena in Chicago. It's a really compelling story, the Chicago Sky, how they started, right? I mean, so in 2006, the Sky debuted. They were 5-29. and They were missing the playoffs for the first seven seasons, and the biggest star on the team during that time was Elena Deladon. Now, Deladon did lead, along with Sylvia Fowles, did lead the Sky to the finals in 2014 against the aforementioned Phoenix Mercury. They lost against the Phoenix Mercury in 2014, got swept in the finals. Deladon was gone. She went on to win a WNBA championship with the Mystics, which is interesting because Kalia Copper, who was the MVP of the WNBA finals, she was part of that deal with the Mystics. And guess what? Now... Kalia Copper is a WNBA champion with the Chicago Sky. The Sky had a 16-16 record in the regular season. They were the number six seed. And you gave them the benefit of the doubt because the ace, Candace Parker, is on the team. But the team was okay just going into the playoffs. But it just shows you, once you strike fire, all of a sudden you get hot and you just continue the momentum. And this is against a very talented Phoenix Mercury team, which we'll document in just a moment. But I I just want to give the flowers to Clea Copper from Philadelphia. You heard her talking to Holly Rowe. She becomes the MVP because she was averaging somewhere in the area of like 15, 16 points a game for the finals. And it was Candace Parker that was pushing Clea and saying, hey, you know, you could do a lot more. And you could be the best. And she was the best as far as being the MVP of the finals. And then we go to Candace Parker. And Candace Parker, after winning a championship in the WNBA with the LA Sparks, after everything that she's accomplished in her career, she didn't have to come back to the crib to win a championship. It was something that she didn't have to do. But she did because she wanted to come home. Remember, she played, she grew up in Naperville. She played high school basketball in Naperville. And she almost, almost went to DePaul. And it's funny, that story about her almost coming to DePaul because Doug Bruno, the longtime head coach for the DePaul Blue Demons women's team, was just talking about that uh, at the uh, college basketball luncheon that is held uh, for the college basketball women and men's teams in the Chicagoland area. And I was in attendance for that, and Bruno was talking about lamenting the fact that, man, I wish that Candace Parker was going to come to DePaul instead of going to Tennessee to play for the late Pat Summit. But she, even now, Bruno shakes his head and says, well, we had her. I I thought I was going to have her stay home after having a successful run in Naperville playing high school ball, and she went to Tennessee. But again, you think about Candace Parker's resume. Now that she's a WNBA champion again for the second time, she was the WNBA Finals MVP in 2016. She's a two-time MVP of that league, six-time All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year, All-Star Game MVP in 2013, Rookie of the Year in 2008. She's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's a two-time NCAA champion with the aforementioned Volunteers of Tennessee, a, two, a 2K cover star. So she's done it all, and she came back to win her second WNBA championship at the crib in Chicago, and I'm here for it. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. We could turn the page now on the Deladon era of the sky because when she went to the Mystics, I'll never forget 
that she had more love in Washington than she ever had here. In that, John Wall uh, was there to meet her at the uh, at the airport. Bradley Beal was there to meet her at the airport. And so she felt like she was at home. She felt like she was appreciated. And I don't think that she and the Sky were appreciated because they hadn't done much. I get that. But they did go to the finals. But yet, I don't think the Bulls or the public at large were really embracing the Sky. But now, look at where they are now. You think about Courtney Vandersloot. Courtney Vandersloot was the number three pick overall. She played at Gonzaga. She was surprised herself. She surprised herself that she was picked that high. Yeah, she, she shot the ball well for the Zags, but she never thought that she'd be the number three pick. And it's paid dividends for the Sky because now she's one of the best point guards in that league. As a matter of fact, she had the second triple-double in WNBA playoff history. You think about this. She already can shoot the basketball well. I think that's well documented about Vandersloot. But then she can distribute the basketball and also rebound it as well. She had 10 points in the last game against um, Phoenix, 10 points in 38 minutes of play. She had 15 assists as well and nine rebounds. So again, just one rebound shy of a triple-double there in that spot, 38 minutes of play. And then from there, you think about her wife, Allie Quigley. Quigley had 26 points and five rebounds. And again, a a strong catalyst. Uh, Quigley, by the way, from DePaul, played for Doug Bruno. And so Vandersloot and Quigley, the one-two punch, come together and they really help the Sky in a big way. Copper, though, 5 for 13. She had 10 points, 32 minutes of play. You think about um, the Shields coming off the bench with her two points and Dolson with her eight points. As a matter of fact, I'll put a bow on this. It's interesting with Copper and Dolson. Um, those two came over via a deal for Elena Deladon. So now that's a trade that works out perfectly, right? Deldon wins her championship, and now uh, Kalia, as well as um, uh, Dolson, wins a WNBA championship with the Chicago Sky. I just think that's awesome. It's awesome. But the ace coming over after winning a championship, and you heard just how happy, how overjoyed Candace Parker was. Uh, And I want to point something out about championships, because I don't know when the next championship's coming into Chicago. But I've been watching this Chicago Sky team mostly in the playoffs. A a regular season game here or there, for sure. I've been watching a a lot of their regular season games. Not as many as I normally would if I thought that they were going to be good, because they were so up and down. But definitely locked in the playoffs and watching this Sky team, and I I was pretty surprised. That at a 500 team, how they were able to come together. But it just shows you, man, when you get hot, you just never know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. You beat the Connecticut Sun. You get through the Lynx. You beat the Fever. You beat the Mystics. You know, you uh, are challenging, challenged by the Aces. I mean, they had some interesting games leading into the postseason. Uh, and now they are the WNBA champions. I am so happy for them. And I'm happy for Chance the Rapper because Chance was there. I know that some of the Blackhawks were there. I have been there to watch them. I know some of the Bulls have been there to uh, support the Chicago Sky. I I just think that that's great when you have um, other sports coming together on their off day to go check out the Sky. Because I know for those ladies, that means all the, the. I mean, that means the world to them to have that kind of support. Chance had his child there. Uh, it was funny just to watch, just the 
childlike grin of Chance just watching uh, the championship. And as the time was coming down, I mean, you knew the game was in the balance. I mean, again, the sky were down about 12, 15 points at one point in the game. You start seeing the tears come from Candace Parker late in the fourth quarter because it's like, okay, it's coming. We're going to win this game. She already was crying before we got to uh, zeros on the clock, before it was official, before the confetti came down. And the sky are the WNBA champions, and that is uh, awesome for them. And James Wade, too. James Wade becomes the third African-American coach in WNBA history to win a championship. I, I will. I respect James Wade because he allows other voices in that huddle. If you've watched even some of the playoff games, have you noticed James Wade? Wade is there, and he's drawn up plays, and there's Candace Parker just yelling over his shoulder, like, hey, this is what we got to do. It's almost like she's like a co-coach or like that leader on the floor, the leader of the team saying, hey, I've been in a lot of these situations. Look out for this. Look out for that. So as Wade's uh, drawing up the plays and he's calling out stuff, so's Candace Parker, and I think that that's awesome as well. Parker, no look. Quigley. Let's see. Early in the possession, Diana Taurasi shoved Kalia Kopp. And Vandersloot will settle things down. Quigley swooping through and hooking it in. Tie game at 35. Quigley smushes into Cunningham. Tries again. Persistence will reward you. The difference there, they're shooting 68% when she gets a touch on the possession. And they're shooting in the mid-30s when she does not. Quigley has had a big afternoon. Allie Quigley with post. Copper wanted a whistle, thought she was getting one and did not. Play continues. Quigley! Just a little late on the switch, and then Diana Taurasi, same thing. Parker. Parker turns in, dishes out, good movement. Quickly again. 28 from Griner. Lead is seven for Phoenix. Quigley hits again. 26 from Allie Quickly. You know what? I know someone who was at the game at the Wintrust Arena in Chicago to see the Chicago Sky win their first WNBA championship. Rachel Demaranen from our staff at ESPN Chicago was there. You know what? I'm going to call her. I'm going to find out what it was like. As promised, Rachel was there. She was there from our staff at ESPN Chicago at Wintrust to see the Sky win the WNBA championship. And Rachel joins us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Hello, Rachel. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Well, if my voice says anything... I'm doing great. Uh, It's amazing because you were there to see history the first time to see the Sky win the WNBA championship. Just let our audience know what the atmosphere was like. I mean, everyone's on pins and needles. It's a weird time because the Bears a few miles away are playing the Packers (laughs) and you got a sold out house at Wintrust hoping to see a championship. So what was it all like for you? Chicago showed up. It was amazing. You could like people were there in the doors right when it opened. I got we got there around like 
one fifteen or so, and it was already pretty full. Um, it was like everything that could have happened in that game did. Um, like Tarasi got teed up in the first like five minutes, and then Kalia Copper got teed up in the first five minutes, and then we were down by fourteen points in the third quarter, and our offense was completely terrible but it all still came together perfectly and the crowd was in the game the entire time even when we were down by those 14 points there was never lost hope you could feel that the the building knew that it was going to happen today and I think the players knew it and it was just unbelievable to witness it all come together so as I said in the open of this, I um I really like this matchup because you have a number of Hall of Famers on the floor at the same time, right? I mean, yeah. so so just to see Candace Parker come back to Chicago, which is a great story in itself. But my concern coming into the series was, okay, that's Tarasi, that's Brittany Griner on the other side. That like there is no one that can stop her from the foul line down at six yeah. nine, and then like when she raised her arms, it's like seven one, right? So she, yeah. she's she's pretty awesome, and I thought. Okay, Okay, Candace, you know, can match her height-wise, but the physicality and the ability to get into the basket, I mean, that's the thing that I was concerned with. But clearly the shooting prowess of the Sky overcame in this series, did it not? It did. Um, it's it's actually pretty crazy, too, to look at all, like, the breakdown of the final box score from today, and everything was, like, pretty evenly matched. Um, we, we, I don't know how, how they pulled it together, but... Um, you said like Candace Parker would be able to match her um, to match Bridget or Brittany Garner, but um, actually Steph Dolson really stepped up today. Particularly, I mean, she almost fouled out because she was really going toe to toe with Griner. Um, we were in a little bit of a trouble because she had five fouls like going into the fourth quarter. So we like had to figure out some way to be able to make sure that, that didn't happen because we would have been so screwed if she went down. But they they figured it out. I mean, Brittany Griner or yeah, Brittany Griner didn't even like end up going to the line that often, and she didn't have a single um, offensive rebound, which is crazy because you look at her height and you look at how short you know like the girls on the sky are with Flute and Quigs. Um, she should just be able to like pick up these rebounds, but somehow we were able to. Just keep them boxed out and, and pull out that win. You are certainly a Sky fan, not just because your voice is shot, but because <laughs> you already have Quigs and Sloot as as nicknames <laughs> for the Sky players. So it's already you're already locked in. When you when you can give nicknames on this show, that means you're locked in. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard <laughs> not to be locked into a team with that energy and the people that have been there. I mean, Quigs and Sloot were the only ones remaining on the team right now that were in the finals the last time that the sky were in it when they got swept by phoenix so for them to come full full circle and be able to win it again especially beating phoenix this time around i know it wasn't a sweep but still um it's it's hard not to be a fan of all of them you spent a lot of time in philly so you can relate to copper the mvp here i mean yeah so, so she she's got like dirt underneath the fingernails she she's likes to be scrappy and so I'm here for it because I think every team needs to have someone that says, I'm going to score, I'm going to rebound, I'm going to help the team, but also I'm not going to be pushed around in the in the, in the the painted area. So I like that, um, her tenacity. What did you think of the way she's played? And is that like pretty typical Philly, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, she's like full-bred North Philly. North Philly definitely has, like you said, the grit. Um, they really like, they just go after 
what they want. And I think she proved it with being able to be named the finals MVP. I mean, she definitely showed up and, and helped make, bring home history for the, for the team. You know, she, she definitely deserved that trophy that she was able to hoist today, both of them, but particularly that MVP trophy. So, so Rachel, I, I told the story earlier about when Della Don left Chicago and went to Washington, as soon as she landed at the airport, um, there was Wallen Beal to meet her. And I thought that's really cool because she didn't get the same love when she was in Chicago. Look, I, the whole story, I mean, the sky started off what, 5 and 29 to, when they debuted in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they missed the playoffs seven seasons. They finally got to the finals. They lost against this aforementioned Phoenix team in 2014. So, yep. so, so to me, the, what I'm leading to is it's cool when Chance is there. It's cool when the Bulls or the Hawks or whomever shows up because that means that there's a bond. How important is that in your eyes to see not only are you there, but you can see at courtside Chance and like Chicago sports athletes also supporting them? Oh man, it's huge. Like I absolutely, I'm such a strong advocate for women's sports and the equality of women's sports. It's annoying to hear people say that like the WNBA isn't as exciting as, as the NBA, because when it comes down to it, like I know they're not doing all these like fancy dunks and whatnot, but they're showing pure ball game. Like they're not messing around. They're not trying to show off. They're playing to play. Um, and so be, to be able to see notable people like chance and, um, Demarja Rosen was there for a couple of the games that I went to and Patrick Williams to just see that, to see the buy-in from more than just the Chicago community, but the athletes and more people that can bring attention to the sky and the WNBA and just the excitement around it. It means so much. Cause like we all just want to be able to like enjoy all of our sports and all of our teams. I'm like, this is a big deal for Chicago. You know, like we, I mean, unfortunately, like, Sox didn't play the way that they want, that we wanted them to play this season. And yeah. so this is, like, the first championship that Chicago's gotten since, you know, the Cubs. So it was, it's, it's big to see other people buying into it. Like, I absolutely loved what the Suns do for um, the Mercury. Like, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're always there yeah. sitting courtside cheering them on. Um, so I think the more people can do that and recognize that, like, <laughs> the WNBA is really exciting to watch. The more we'll be able to like advocate for more media spending and equal pay, pay uh, equal pay for the players and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I I'd love to see it. I, I, you're so right about the equal pay. I've had, and so, as a matter of fact, after our conversation, I'm going to replay an interview that I did with Candace Parker right before she signed with the Sky. She had a lot of things uh. to say about the the WNBA and how. You know how the league has made strides, but there's still a long way to go, right? I like a perfect example is this, right? So, listen, I've I got multiple screens on in the hood cave, so I'm watching this, you know, shitty Bears team uh, against the against the Packers. So I'm watching this. I've got the red zone, but I've got the sky on. It's like, okay, so it's the WNBA finals, but you know, when you take here's how you take another step, you don't put them on against the NFL. Okay, so because yeah. because yeah. because this league deserves better. After twenty five years of this, uh, they don't need yeah. to be white flag programming for ESPN or whomever. That you've got to take it. If you're the WNBA, you take it to another level and say, okay, we deserve prime time television on a yeah. on a day where it's our night, where people can be able to consume our product. Uh, Candace talked to about that. I talked to uh, Skylar Diggins about this as well. Um, she said. 
you know, when it comes to equal pay, when it comes to awareness and marketing, that it's got to get better too. Um, I talked to her about that and a few others about these issues. And it's like, it's come a long way for sure. It's not the dark ages, but still the league needs to be able to continue to work with their TV partners and radio partners, if that's going to expand, to get better, to create more awareness for this league. Because this is not your grandmother's, you know, uh, women's basketball. It's as, as athletic and as fun as it's ever been in this league. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even uh, Game 3 on Friday was right up against the ALCS or the NLCS, whichever game it was. Yeah. But that, too, with so many people... I talked to would be like, oh, like I'm going to watch baseball tonight. Like I didn't even know that the WNBA was on. So it's, yeah, it's, it's annoying. But what's nice being at the game is that there were so many kids there mm-hmm. and so many young girls watching and being able to experience that. Like Chance brought his daughter and you could see him on the sidelines, like explaining basketball to her. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to when like that generation grows up and is put into the, into the position to be able to change a couple more of these things. Because I, I think in general, we're seeing Gen Z is stepping up to fill in a lot of holes that our society has not been doing so well at. Um, and so being able to like see how it'll play out with more of the equality for the WNBA and for just women's sports in general will be really cool. Yeah, so I I really enjoyed it. I, I'll ask you this: so, I, so all the games you saw was I know this game on Sunday was a legit sellout. How many? How was it the house at Wintrust for some of these other games? Was it getting more and more fans, or were there more sellouts in the playoffs? Um, there was definitely more sellouts in the playoffs. We we could tell. I think we went to about like four or five games this season, mm-hmm. um, and you can tell every single time that we went, a little bit more people were there. And then to know that the sky, before game two even ended, um, game three and four had sold out. So to know that the sky were coming home to a sellout arena both games is just incredible. I hope, I'm really excited to see what happens next season. Um, Like uh, Travis and I are already talking about how we're going to the home opener because we have to see the ring ceremony. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to see like how many more people go during the regular season next year. I think that that's. I think that they will draw because it's you know no one jumps on a bandwagon like Chicago. So right. uh, <laughs> I, so I I think I mean look at the Loyola run like like Loyola. True. I mean on campus it was sold out but then when they got to the you know you got into the NCAA tournament all of a sudden everyone's a Loyola fan. I get it. Like you everyone wants to support a winner. I totally get that. I think that the sky will draw well at Wintrust and this should tell a story to DePaul people as well. Like DePaul is way away from campus, and this is supposed to be their arena. But uh, now that's going to be known as the Skies Arena, uh, and so because because that that's the most that's the first legit sellout, I believe. I mean, DePaul against Notre Dame, I think was that at Wintrust. I can't remember, but point is though is that the majority of basketball fans that want to see good basketball, they're going to see the Sky, not DePaul, at this point in time. So they've they've etched a a, a mark in history with what happened on Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and thinking, too, like, if the Bears do end up moving to Arlington Heights, and, like, that'll be the South Side's arena, you know? Like, yeah. that'll, I mean, obviously Sox, but um, with Wintrust being right near Soldier Field, like, everybody that was 
going down there anyway for a football game could just go over to a, to the sky games. Yeah, I I'm just I'm overjoyed because. It's always me trying to shoehorn in the sky talk on Cap and J Hood. Yeah, <laughs> I try. I know, Rachel. I try. You know, I do. I push it. I push it really hard on social to be able to to do my part at least to to garner more attention for it. Yeah, I like. I I start talking about the sky on the show, and Cap's eyes start glazing over because he's not watching. Um, but <laughs> but I've been watching because I think I just think that this run is fascinating, Rachel, because. They were sixteen and sixteen. They were a six seed, and it was kind of like, yeah, yeah you know. And, and, but I, I had no other choice but to watch in the playoffs because it is Candace Parker, right? It's like someone who's a Hall of Famer who could have just chilled in L.A., not go anywhere. She just, you know what? I'm just gonna come home to try to win a championship, and then just to be able to see uh, Quigley, DePaul's own Vandersloot, the 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 spouses those two as a one-two punch is awesome and then you see copper the mvp of the of the wnba finals um delano de shield's daughter you know uh which is awesome diamond it's just i just think that you give them the benefit of the doubt because parker's there and then you roll the dice and try your luck and then they roll the dice and they won the championship which is really really cool yeah, it's crazy to think that at the beginning of the season, like those preseason predictions that everybody was making, that the Sky had like the second highest chances to win. Um, I think the Aces were the only other team in front of them. And then when Candace Parker got hurt and missed those like nine games, our odds obviously dropped really low. Um, and they ended up, they went, they, ha- they, were fi- they had a 500 record that season. So mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really expected them after Candace got hurt to make it all the way to the end. No. Um, but to see it, they're, they're the lowest seed to ever win, which is super exciting. Um, and I think they just like, they, they were really good on paper, I think. And then they kind of just came in into their own during these playoffs. They showed that what everybody was expecting at the beginning of the season was true. Um, they lived up to the, to the expectations and, um, who cares about regular season record if you got the ring, you know? I'm just happy that you're happy and that Travis is happy. And you guys, I can live vicariously through you and your social that you are there to see a championship. And I don't know when the next one's coming, but at least we have one and you are there to see it. I'm I'm happy for you. And It, 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 it was insane. Yeah, it was. I, I, I'm like still shaking. Because it, it really did come down to the wire, you know? Like, it could have gone either way, right down to the wire. Um, I heard somebody behind me in the stands, too, when they were host, hosting at the trophy. They were like, this is so great because Chicago had already claimed its title as a basketball dynasty, and now we finally, like, have that again. It wasn't the last time in the 90s or whatever, which word is. Um, so Chicago's got another winning basketball team here. So a repeat, right? Oh, absolutely. Let's do the three, Pete. <laughs> three? <laughs> no, yeah. it's just, Let's see what the Bulls did. It just, I mean, look, you got through, got past the Connecticut Sun team winning, you know, stealing games on the road. That's one thing. And then the Sky beat what I would consider, I believe, three Hall of Famers, right? I think that Skylar Diggins Smith, is it? Skylar Diggins Smith? Yeah. Yep. So, so, she, so I think she's going to the Hall of Fame. She was great at Notre Dame. I think that um, Brittany Griner. I mean, just unstoppable at six nine. I think that she's going to be there, and of course Tarasi. 
and and we can make the have the conversation whether or not Tarasi is the greatest to ever play in the WNBA or not. I think it's it's fascinating that she was voted as as such. So that to me, I see three Hall of Famers that the sky took on and they got right through them, and and so that's that's impressive to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely deserved their trophy. It was not an easy path to get to to the win, and they were able to do it. Congratulations, Chicago Sky. 16-16 to 16 to now a WNBA championship, and Rachel was there. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the show, as always. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to have you on to preview all these teams. I can't wait for you to break it down with with us and and, <laughs> and, and try to carve a path to the Sky's second championship. Hopefully that'll be the case. Perfect. I'll be there. Rachel Demaranen from our staff at ESPN Chicago with us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Don't forget the promo code WMVP uh, for DraftKings as we celebrate the Chicago Sky winning the WNBA championship. Well, as promised, a um, conversation I had with Candace Parker not too long ago. Candace Parker, the ace, the Hall of Famer, to soon to be Hall of Famer. I'm calling it now because, as we documented here on this podcast, she's accomplished so much, and this is just a cherry in the Sunday to bring a championship home to Chicago with the rest of her teammates from the Chicago Sky. Um, I talked to Candace Parker not too long ago uh, about her work at TNT as an analyst. And also um, her career, her family. And so we had a chance to talk to Candace Parker as we celebrate the Chicago Sky win, the WNBA championship. Let's go back uh, a moment in time with me talking to the ace, Candace Parker. Candace Parker on the Under the Hood podcast. Candace, let's start here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How's life for you? How's life? Life is going good. Um, just in LA, I'm training for the season, just working out, and then also, you know, working out, working in Atlanta uh, for you know TNT and NBA TV, and so that's kind of my first off season in 11 years. So uh, it's really nice to be stateside this time of year. Yeah, you can catch Candace each week on NBA TV's Game Night, their money presentations leading into always some great, exciting NBA games on Monday night on the league's flagship network. You all have a ball. I see you on there on on uh, NBA TV, and I love the presentation because, I mean, for years, you grew up and I grew up watching all these all the action taking place in the arena, but I just like the relaxed atmosphere of just being able to take your time, pick it apart from studio, relax, the little antidotes along with the game. I like it. What, how do you like the, uh, the being with that TNT family? You know, it's really interesting because, you know, you know, I play basketball for a living, so that's obviously to me the best job. And then, you know, secondary is definitely talking about basketball. And then to be basically in the setting that I would be in anyway. You know, I, what do we do as players? We sit around and watch the TV from our couch. And that's similar to how it is when you're watching it from the studio. You know, you're, you're analyzing the game. And obviously it, it is a job, but there's a fun aspect to it. And you're able to kind of pick it apart and tell stories and hear things about, you know, other players that you didn't know. And so it's, uh, it's been definitely a learning experience for me, but a lot of fun in the process. You're having fun, and that's the whole point of it. So I'm a, I'm an NBA fan, so I'm enjoying it. And on top of that, I'm a Candace Parker fan. Way, way early in my career, when I was working at the score, you and your family came in studio several times when you were at uh, Naperville Central. It was great talking wow. to you even back then. So what what are your fondest memories of um, of high school and being at Naperville Central? Oh, 
you know Chicago is a hotbed for you know grassroots basketball, AAU, um, and that's kind of what, the way that I grew up. You know, I grew up every weekend we had a basketball tournament. And then during the high school season, it was every, if I wasn't playing in a game, I was at another game. And so to grow up around that in a place that really loves basketball, it didn't matter what level it was, it was all basketball. And so I just am really thankful for growing up in that environment. And obviously winning two championships at Naperville Central, uh, a school that had never won a championship before for women's basketball was extremely special. And, um, now, I'm hoping to go back and, and to, to see them play. I planned on this weekend, but, uh, you know, other things have kept me away. But just, you know, it's really home. And it's, I am a Chicagoan always. I cheer for Chicago sports. And that's how it always will be. No, one thing I, I did not know, I, obviously, watching your career in high school, going to college, I didn't know what other schools were coming or that really wanted your services, wanted you to go to their college. You, you settled on Tennessee, which was great for you as a, a lady volunteer, but what other colleges did you consider? Because I know there was probably a lot of mail coming in that mailbox. So my final five was Duke, Tennessee, Texas, DePaul, and Maryland. Those were my final five where I took my official visit to go. Yeah. DePaul, obviously, I grew up watching, you know, watching their school and going to their games. And, and obviously, I'm a huge Doug Bruno supporter and, you know, went to all his camps growing up. And so that was like a no-brainer. And then the other three, it was just I had a connection with the school. There are things outside of basketball that, you know, attracted me to, to those schools. But all in all, I wanted to be the best basketball player I could be and to be led by an extremely, uh, I would say, fierce woman in who I wanted to be in that Pat Summit. And, you know, it was just a great combination for me to be able to go to a school that you could play in front of 20,000 people night in and night out. And that's what I, that's what I wanted to be a part of. What was the importance of Pat Summit in your life as a head coach? Because I know you're at the ESPYs and you have he has an award there. You were talking about her. I remember you uh, walking off the floor, and uh, there were uh, I think ESPN was interviewing you. Um, the, I think shortly after she passed away, and you had like you, this monstrous rebounding game. That was amazing. What, what was the importance of Pat Summit in your life? You know, she means so so much to me, and definitely as a basketball player. I think every day I'm realizing more and more it's so much more than basketball. It's it's really about her courage and her perseverance and her ability to take something that wasn't a big deal at the time, and that's women's sports, and fight for it. And to continue to believe in something that nobody else believes in. And, you know, I, I really remember her, obviously, when I'm on the basketball court, but every single day when I'm parenting my daughter and I'm telling her, to do something or teaching her something or telling her a story, I mean, she's not far from my mind because she's had such an impact on the person that I am. And, you know, basketball is going to stop bouncing at some point in time, but, you know, she always preached about people and passion. And I really feel blessed that I've surrounded myself with that and I've taken that advice and really paid attention because, you know, like careers, they last only so long, but the people you surround yourself with and how passionate you are about helping people, that's really what's going to last. 
catch Candace Parker. She's featured on Players Only on TNT alongside Chris Weber, Shaquille O'Neal, and Baron Davis for Tuesday Night NBA Game Action on TNT. She joins me, Jonathan Hood, on the Under the Hood show. I I, uh, I want to find out what it what it means to you personally when fans and columnists consider you one of the most decorated basketball players of all time. I mean, how does that make you feel when you receive those accolades so often? It means a lot to me. I think when you're a, a child, you set out to to be the best that that you can at something, and to win as many awards and um, championships as possible. And so, to really, you know, be able to experience the the journey of that that process, but also to remember, you know, to look back on things. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I remember watching the '96 Olympics and wanting to be Cheryl Swoops and Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson and Cynthia Cooper standing on that podium. And then to be able to say my daughter, you know, I, I won two Olympic gold medals, you know, and I won a championship and things like that. So it really means a lot to me just kind of that all the hard work that has, you know, from my family, from my coaches, from everybody that's been a part of my career has had a hand in, in that. But do you remember the first basketball player that came to you and noticed how good your game was and it surprised you? Was there someone from college or someone from the pros that saw you and were like, wow, I really like your game? That is a good question. Um, the earliest I remember was probably Doug Bruno, honestly, from mm -hmm. DePaul. And I was at one of the Doug Bruno camps and I was in seventh grade. And I was playing up with the high schoolers. And I remember, you know, I would go to the gym all the time with my dad. And, you know, my dad treated me like an athlete. I wasn't a girl. I wasn't a boy. I wasn't anything. I was just an athlete he was training. So we never really stopped to kind of, you know, take in if I was good or not. We just kind of worked. And so when I kind of went to this camp, this was really the first measuring stick of me against my peers. And I remember... I got offered a scholarship at that camp from DePaul. And, you know, I was really excited about it. You know, it was my first scholarship, and I'd been through the process with my brother of trying to fix college. So that was, you know, definitely a dream come true for me. And, you know, my dad really challenged me to continue to work and to continue to get better and not to be satisfied. Candace, I really need your help, and I hope that you help our listeners with this regarding the WNBA, because I've talked to Shanae Agumake about this. I've talked to a couple other people about this, but I'm thinking that you could help us as far as as the needed changes to the league uh, and for the future of the league, because to me, I think that from a television standpoint, awareness and financial for the next CBA, whenever that comes across, things have to change. Can you look at the WNBA and tell me some things that really you'd love to see for the future for the league? Well, first of all, I think we have to put things in perspective. We're comparing our league against the NFL, against the NBA, that has been around for 60, 65 years. Um, this is a young league, and with a young league, it comes young fans, and it comes a fan base that we have to identify. And I think first and foremost, identifying our fan base of who we're trying to attract 
And going from there and building that, I mean, you have generations now that are Boston Celtics fans because their great-grandfather was a Boston Celtics fan. My daughter, I con her into being a Bears fan because I am a Bears fan. Right. And so you have to kind of grow that relationship. And that starts with being out in the community. That starts with establishing a foundation, a faith. I mean, with social media nowadays, being able to really use that to tell stories. Because people pay attention to the NBA. But now the NBA has grown because, first of all, they don't wear helmets. so They're recognizable. And second of all, the NBA has grown because now... You fall in love with the storyline. Like, people were watching OKC play Golden State, not because they were trying to watch two great teams play against each other, because they wanted to see what Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were, were they going to handshake before the game. So I think we have to grow those stories and tell those stories. And so for a period of time, you're fighting against people want to be outside in the summer. They don't want to be in the gym in the summer. Um, we disappear and go overseas for months on end after the season. So you're not really able to kind of grow with these people. So I do think that there is a, a place for the WNBA. I think we have to figure out our audience and it's going to take time. I mean, you're not going to fix everything with one CBA. Yeah. And, and financially that's got to get better too, right? You got to get closer to, to a, a better agreement for more money for the players. I'm all for that. Yes, I am all for that as well, but I'm one of those people that's like, if you bring a problem, you got to bring a solution. And so we live in capitalism. That's America. Um, there are no handouts. This is not 1972 where we're trying to fight for Title IX of federally funded universities. That's not what this is. This is a moneymaker. And so with that, who in a household buys things for the household? The woman. So the target audience should be women. And so it's going after that. It's getting women to support women's sports. And so that's what I think is the, the key. I mean, growing up as a women's basketball player, I didn't have the WBA until I was 11 years old. But when I was 11, I started watching the WBA. Now the problem is a lot of young girls that play basketball, they don't watch the WBA. So there lies the problem. You grow up and you want to be, you want to play in this league that you're not watching. So I think just targeting the audience and really going after that will help grow and make things better financially. You know what's fascinating to me about just basketball, whether it's WNBA and the NBA, Candace, is just the, the culture of the league. It's one thing to watch games and see the ebb and flow of games, but what, what kind of hooks me is the culture, meaning the social media, the on the floor, the off the floor. It's not about the rumor and innuendo as much as it is, just the, the give and take between players on social media and the game. How, how interesting is that aspect of the game for you? Because to me, just like the NFL was for a long time, basketball is 12 months out of the year as far as storyline. It is a huge impact. It's always on your brain. It's always at your fingertips. You know, in 1997, I think it was, when David Stern changed the NBA dress code, and then quickly, now all of a sudden, the dress code doesn't exist, or at least it's not enforced, because it's a storyline. We want to know what the players are wearing when they walk into the arena. We want to know what they're wearing when they're on the red carpet. It's things like that. And so I think social media has a place and has grown the game of basketball so much because you're able to get to know these players and know them far more than when they're just in between the lines. I mean, before, when you're watching Michael Jordan play, you barely knew who he was. You saw him in commercials and you saw him playing on the basketball court. But you didn't see him, you know, on 
Instagram or be able to follow his story. And so I think that's the reason why it's so big right now is because, you know, you can fall in love with these, these players and really feel like you are on a personal level with them. Candice, is there one thing that you'd want to do that you haven't accomplished yet? What is it that in your life that you've kind of looked at as a goal and said, I, I, at some point I want to do this? Honestly, I believe um, one time, if you do things one time, it's not really a representation of, it, it could be by chance, if that makes sense. If you do it twice, it's really hard to fall on luck twice. If you do something twice, you're pretty damn good at it. And I want to win another championship. I want to win another WNBA championship. Because I think the first time, it's great. And, you know, I submitted my legacy and we won the championship and our team will be forever remembered and that's all well and good. But if you win twice, then now you're in the conversation. And so, you know, that's been my goal. And I think once you win one championship, you taste it and it's like, it doesn't satisfy you. You want another one and another one and another one. And so that's kind of what I want to do. Um, obviously, I, off the court, I want to continue to be a champion of, of women in general, not just women's sports, but women equality and, you know, fighting for a better world in terms of what my daughter is going to come into from the workplace to how she's treated, how she's viewed, um, things like that. So obviously, we've got a lot of work to do, but got a lot of years, hopefully, to do it. She's left alone. Mission accomplished. That's it. For the first time in franchise history, the Chicago Sky are WNBA champions. Points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals from Candace Parker.